there was only so much I could eat. They're grilling burgers and all this mm-hmm. shit. Are we good? Right. Yeah, so no. Because it's primarily fish and then vegetables. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I've met one other pescatarian in my life. So you have been the second. Awesome. Welcome to another episode of We Ain't Them. I am your host, Rasan, along with my co-hosts, Ebony and Kawan. Hey. Cheers. Before we get started today, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We have episodes every two weeks. Check us out on Spotify and as well as Apple Podcasts. And as you can see, it's a holiday edition, and mm-hmm. we got our ugly sweaters, except for Kawan, who thinks it's a It's cute... against my religion to wear ugly sweaters. Rasan doesn't get it, but I had to buy a nice sweater because it's against my religion to wear ugly sweaters. It's a very nice you're, sweater, you're ridiculous. Kawan. You are re- beyond ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> all right, so... This is a special holiday episode, not only because we're in ugly sweaters, but we have a very, very, very talented guest here. Uh, we have a comedian here who has gotten over 17, 72 million views on YouTube. You can find him on IG. You can find him on Twitter. We, we can find him on another place, which we won't say, but you can also find him on Patreon. OnlyFans? We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. And it's gonna take me three times to say this, but we are honored to have the diligent, diligent, meticulous, saggy, the diligent, diligent, meticulous, saggy. Get it together. What is that word? Let me see. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to come on a thing and not be I can't ready. say this word for some reason. Can it's I, the one word that I can't say. Is it No. What the hell? Hold on. Conscientious? No, before that. Sagacious? Sagacious. Thank you. I always say that wrong word. Okay, okay, okay. All right, fine. Third time, third time. We are honored to have the diligent, diligent, meticulous Sagacious. Oh. Biggie Smalls rhyme. Yeah, I got it. You just let it roll. <laughs> you just gotta let it roll. All right, yeah. I got this. Got Believe in me. This, I got this. Got Believe in me. Okay, got Believe it. it. I got this. Harness your Wakanda in you. Harness right. the spirit of Wakanda. I just realized that was okay, sagacious. The diligent, diligent, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual known as the Mr. Chiseled Adonis. Chiseled Adonis. Oh, right. oh, right. oh, right. oh, right. Listen, it takes a while. Right. It took a while, God. but right. I got there. Babe. Good Lord, if you were you, speaking you in were, Russian, yeah. there had been a lot of saliva on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. But yes, if you did not know, get familiar. I am the diligent, vigilant, particular, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical, individual, the Chiseled Adonis. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. You see that? Ooh. Ooh. Like, yo, I'm happy you to be here. I'm the 38th chamber right there. We're happy to have you, bro. So real quick, I have to ask, how were you able to get that? How like how were you able to memorize that after a while? Oh, well, um, for one, I'm a lunatic. But then two, <laughs> um, basically, when I grew up, I, I, I like to frequent the dictionary. So I would um, go learn different sort of words. And the thesaurus was pretty much my favorite book growing up. Nice. I was one of those kids that, for whatever reason, I would hear a big word and it caught my attention. So, for example, instead of saying somebody is beautiful, I would say pulchritudinous. If instead of saying something was favorable, I'd say auspicious. So since that's the case, I said, all right, uh, let me think about what a slogan. I remember um, with the boondocks when uh, a pimp named Slickback, where he used to say, you know, my name is a pimp named Slickback. You got to say the whole thing Dang. like a tribe called Quest. So I said, okay, what is a good slogan? That, that, that or opener to introduce myself. So I thought of different words that, you know, embolden my personality. So I said, all right, there's diligent, and then synonyms of diligent is also vigilant, and, and then meticulous. All right, so then there's sagacious. I like to think I'm somebody who lives with a bit of honor. There's a, uh, uh, so I said, all right, and um, sagacity was a, a kind of word that um, it didn't really roll off the tongue. So I said, all right, sagacious, I could throw that in there. And then also conscientious is linked to that. I'm a very analytical individual. My favorite characters in damn near any sort of show or anime, whatever the case may be, are always, you know, critical thinkers. So I said, all right, I'm an analytical person. I have a um, particular sort of schedule and structure that I operate by. So then I would be relatively methodical. And uh, me being oneself, I am an individual. Okay. That is amazing. Wow. I love it. I love it. 
Okay. Why, why thank you? Why thank you? You're teaching you, people you. with that one right I'm there. I'm trying. Bro. I'm trying. He had engaged, yeah. bro. I'm like, yeah. like you got to engage. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love you. You don't even know what your name means, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, um, so, about you, Mr. Adonis, mm-hmm. uh, we know you're from Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Born and raised. Haitian culture. Oh, absolutely. Without so question. So, shout to you. Um, so, let's just get in a deep dive of what made you get into comedy. Before we get into YouTube stuff, let's get into comedy. So, mm-hmm. what really made you get into comedy? Well, like um, every young, you know, black man out here, or I should say most, out here in uh, um in the urban areas, you you grow up wanting to be, you know, one of two things. Most people would, you know, choose entertainers, musicians, things of that nature. I wanted to be an athlete, so I had dreams of playing football professionally. Uh, um, ended up going to college. I was a beast on the field. Nobody could see me. I moved chains, four catches, tw- uh, thirty-four yards. But <laughs> then um, reality hit. You know, man, this ain't gonna work out. I'm entering my junior year, and you know, it ain't, it ain't fixing to go down like that. But then I remember it was my um, final, was second to last semester. I was in business law class. I had a B in the class, and then um, I'll never forget. His name was uh, Professor Ron Rhodes, and he called me to the side. He pulled me to the side at the conclusion of class, and he said, "Hey." Um, what are you doing here? I said, excuse me, what does that mean? Am I failing? I'm not. I got a B. <laughs> I, I can look at everything the same way you can. You're trying to disrespect me. Everybody else got an A. Who am I going to fight? So he said, yeah, so what are you doing here? I said, well, you know, I'm here to, you know, play, play a little bit of football, also get a degree. He ended up telling me, you know, you do a series of different things that are incredibly entertaining throughout class that you probably don't recognize because you do it subtly. So I said, interesting. And he ran off a list of different things that I would do, whether it was that particular day, through the the semester like we would start every class doing power poses in order to get people you know ready and amplified for the class or whatever and we had a mock trial maybe a few weeks before that particular moment and um i came in with i don't know where i found the briefcase the only thing inside was my phone blasting law and order music walking from my dorm to the <laughs> class because i just thought that was something funny oh, yeah. i did not do it for other people to laugh. i just did it because it made myself it made laugh right, and good, then yeah. i started sitting there and i was thinking i'm like huh you got a good point so he said go back to your room do some sort of you know life a reflection on okay. what is if entertainment is you know a conduit from when you navigated from elementary to junior high to high school to now in college. So I said, okay, I sat on the edge of my bed in darkness for about two hours, just really thinking about it. I said, you know what? I've always been funny, yeah. so why not? you know, try to figure out a way that I can monetize this. Because I always thought with stand-up, you had to know somebody or something like yeah. that. I didn't figure you can just get started. And being in New York City, you're in the Mecca. It's either right. here, L.A., things of that nature. So I said, all right. Um, I ended up switching my degree from a four-year to a two-year. Um, immediately graduated at the conclusion of that semester. And then when I came back here, I started doing some research. All right, they have um, open mics here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can possibly get on stage at, but then you have to, some of them are free, others are paid. So I said, you know what, and um, let me do some research, and uh, Bill Burr, who's one of my favorite comedians, and he was talking about how he saved maybe about like $18,000, then he moved from Boston to New York, and he was doing a little bit of stand-up over there as well, but when he was starting, he saved a bit of money. So I said, all right, all of 2015, I'm gonna, um, I was working at the airport, I saved every dime, and actually had a spreadsheet to where if, if my mother didn't cook, I didn't eat. If my dad didn't drive, I didn't travel outside of just, you know, biking somewhere or taking the the train or whatever. So then I pretty much hoarded all of my money. I saved like $13,000 in maybe seven months. I was stealing a little bit of money at the airport to where, you know, you can see a little bit of time. I mean, shift would be over at 10. Mm. I'm sleeping inside of a truck. I go and I clock out at midnight. You know, then I go notice I'm getting paid 11 an hour, extra $22. It builds up, you know, as time um, goes. So then I was able to get to 13 G's in uh, seven months. And then from that point, 2016 in February, um, I got on stage for the first time and uh, um, did a open mic there. And then since, um, I've been doing stand-up from, from that point. And then uh, with social media content creation, it was just a matter of posting a video. When I was in front of my open mic, I was in front of maybe about, I want to say 15 to 20 people. Mm. I posted my very first video in, I believe it was March of 2016. And I was just ranting on my way to the gym because um, there was a bunch of traffic because it started to drizzle. Mm. That video overnight got a thousand views. I said, wait a minute. So if I could reach, you know, maybe about 15 or so in person, but then I could reach a thousand online, perhaps I might want to double down on social media. But then that's pretty much been the origin of what got me into comedy. Nice. All right. So, um, 
I like how you how you mentioned the, your um, open mics. So I I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we seen you do any open mics as of late? Oh, as of late on, on doing say well when the pandemic happened, something interesting um transpired. So there was a number of different you know um shows that would go online. So I remember I did a I did a stand up show over the phone. Which was very bizarre because you're you're used to getting the actual yeah. physical reaction there. So if you're doing stand up on a phone, I can hear you laughing, but I can't envision. I have to picture you. It doesn't really work. Then people were doing shows on Zoom and everything. And then I've started noticing with the shift of what's happening, especially with social media, where somebody can just go to a show. They may not like what's being said or whatever. They just record it. They post it. All of a sudden, you're in a battle left and right. Moreover, with um monetization with what's happening with social media, I think it's actually more in my best interest because you got to go where the people are. So then I'm looking at it like more people have gone more towards online. If you go to comedy clubs, unless you're a very big, well-known name, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly difficult to sell out, you know, a location or if you already had your own established following. So I started looking at it and saying, man, you know what? I'll return back to the stage when I have fully established those who are willing to go in, whether it's travel or pack out a location, and I determine, you know, the venue and what's happening, rather than having a producer and being at the mercy of them, or them saying, oh, well, you have to pack it to this, you know, sort of capacity, or, oh, well, we'll add you on this show, but then the other comedians that are there, it's two conflicting sort of situations. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather be able to control my own narrative. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't uh, um, been on stage as frequent as as, as I was um, in years past. Okay, I, I can definitely understand that. So I believe Ebony has a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just say um, some of my favorite videos. Mm-hmm. The first one is definitely your reaction to the Detroit cop. Ah, yes, yeah, Detroit Urban Survival Training. Yeah, yes, the survival <laughs> training does. Oh, yeah, I was just oh, talking to him today. Yeah. I heard you met with him recently. Yes, yes, in New Jersey uh, two weeks ago. How was that? It was all right. Um, my body's still in pain, but it was all right. <laughs> oh, you actually, he actually taught you some stuff? Yeah, yeah. He was at a um, jiu-jitsu uh, um, academy, and um, he was teaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, different sort of maneuvers and then when I had came um, I told them I was going to pull up but then I showed up I think about maybe 30 minutes into their mm. you know uh, um, into the showcase or I, I shouldn't necessarily say showcase I'll say instructional yeah. so um, when I showed up then then he um, kind of introduced me say hey you know this guy he made a, a video piece on it he didn't really believe in in the stuff and then I kind of spoke to the people about what was going on. Then I would demonstrate, you know, all right, well, here's how you hold the gun here. Let's say if I was to try to attack you, then I'm getting flipped. So for the most part, you know, <laughs> a lot of icy hot Ben Gay, things of that nature. I can nature. imagine. But, uh, oh, yeah. So another video that I really enjoyed, this is a really classic one. Mm-hmm. It was when you did the reaction to There's Something Strange About the Johnsons. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it back, bro. Wow. I'm going back. And you know what's so funny? How we, like, I I think Rasan was already following you on mm-hmm. YouTube, right? But that <clears throat> video made me a follower. Because wow. I didn't even know so much about you. He always talked about you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So... I remember I was telling him about that video, and he's like, I've never heard of it before. So we put it in the search engine, and then we watched it. Rasan was traumatized. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely then, should of be. course, you were also in the suggestions. He's mm-hmm. like, yo, Chisel the Don, is this something? I was like, I, we got to see this. So when we watched it together, I, it was a dark, com- it was like dark comedy, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it did, that movie did touch on some real, like, dark shit. Oh, yeah. But... I want to know, like, what gave you the inspiration to do the reactions and the voiceovers that you do on your YouTube page? It's just been a matter of trying to, like, throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Because I was sitting there thinking um, when I started making content, preferably, well, I should say at the beginning, primarily what I was doing Mm -hmm. was just a matter of I would have a topic Mm-hmm. In my mind, and I, I never, I don't have any scripts, anything. I just press record and I go. Mm-hmm. So then, when um, I would start doing reaction videos, I would see something, and I would think to myself, "Man, how do I? I'll take a clip, I'll put my reaction, then I'll put the other clip, I'll put my reaction. But if I can do a voiceover while the clip is just playing, then yeah. perhaps you know this can be a, a bit easier yeah. for the viewer rather than having to go back and forth. Then." Um, the inspiration behind it was, well, everybody has an opinion about what it is that they're watching, mm-hmm. but 
not many people can be entertaining while providing, you know, what it is that they're saying. And also, most people end up thinking somewhat of the same things when they're seeing something. Like, if you see a big lady walking down the street and she falls, then starts rolling down the street, <laughs> it may be terrible. It is yeah. terrible. I'm gonna but laugh. you're going to be laughing. <laughs> like, she's rolling, then bam, she hits a garbage can. Then keeps rolling down oh, the street, bam, she hits a oh, side. Yeah, she keeps rolling down. She gets up. And then starts rolling again. So then soon enough, you'll be sitting there like, man, this is like a this is like a cartoon. Yeah, this is yeah. you know, and you will find a way to laugh about. It. So I say, all right, I'll throw in a bit of you know commentary in then yeah. just to amplify what it is that you're already watching. So then yeah. that's pretty much been the inspiration behind this. Like, how can I amplify this video and put my own spin on it? Yeah. <laughs> just what just mentioning those two videos, your reactions to them are just hilarious. And with you having your YouTube as well as your social media, mm -hmm. you being one of the voices in social media to release content, really good content. Like who were I would say I would ask like who are the three most influential people in your life and how did they impact you to do what you're doing today? The three most influential people in my life. Well, for one, I had a um, uh, one of my three most impactful professors. Not not the um, the one in college. He doesn't necessarily apply here, although he did, you know, give me the projection into comedy. But uh, one of my professors, Mr. Baffa, when I was in high school, he actually um, passed when I was in high school. Aww. But um, there was one thing that he had told me because I uh, I never had a therapist per se. But when I was in high school, 2010 was a very difficult year for me, and I used to I used to confide in him. Mm -hmm. And then he actually passed during the school year. And then um, I remember I would speak to him about, you know, if I felt as if something was, you know, happening or I, I would want to get my voice out there, but I wasn't too sure how I wanted to. And mind you, I was 15 years old, just didn't really know how I could articulate myself, but I couldn't necessarily express myself because I, I always thought, okay, well, if I say this, this could be, you know, considered mean. I don't want to speak this way because it could come off a bit more blunt. Mm. Let me try to be much more empathetic. But then if I'm being super empathetic, I'm also neglecting, yeah. you know, myself in a sense because it's not that, well, I don't care about you. That's not the case. But if I feel this on my heart, I feel this on my spirit, I should be able to articulate it in a way that doesn't necessarily disrespect you, but in a way in which, you know, I can get you to understand because at the end of the day, conversation means nothing without comprehension. Right. So, whenever I would speak with him and he used to always tell me you got to be yourself and never hold your tongue you mm -hmm. can be blunt you can be direct but you don't have to be disrespectful when you do it so he would teach me different ways to be confident in myself to be able to articulate myself to be able to share different things and then that's the biggest thing that I took away from our conversation then ultimately he ended up passing probably I'd have to say about like a month and a half afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was very brutal. It was very dark, a dark yeah. time. But I'm, 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 I'm. I hope I make him proud. That's, that's, that I, sure I can look are. back and say I'm, I'm, I'm making him proud. But, um, I would say it was him. Um, for sure, my father. Mm -hmm. uh, um, that would be number two because my father, he, he is the greatest man. Um, in my life, he's never had to do anything that's been over extraordinary, mm -hmm. but his the way he navigates through life because he's a man. He's a dutiful man. Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, he's a guy who he understands what his role is, what his job is, and he makes sure that he follows through tenfold. So then it's, it's been my father watching the way that he's navigated through life. That's been probably number two for the most uh, um, influential between my teacher, my father. And then third, I probably – I boy, if I had to go with a third, who would I give the third spot to? That's tough. There's a number of different people. I'd probably say Patrice O'Neill. I'd probably okay. say, but yeah, yeah, Patrice okay. O'Neill. Um, because he's he's my uh, he, he's always been. I shouldn't say always, but he was he is my favorite comedian. Um, unfortunately, he too has passed. But um, yeah. um, Patrice was a thinker, and I. Since a young age, I've always been a thinker. I've been somebody who's been incredibly analytical, things of that nature. So with that being the case, listening to Patrice and his thoughts on every topic across the board, he had an opinion on everything. Yeah. And if he didn't have an opinion, he would find a way to have an opinion on something. Mm -hmm. So he was almost like a chameleon in all conversations. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I would definitely say Patrice. So I'd have to say uh, uh, Mr. Baffa, uh, my father, and Patrice O'Neill. Gotcha. Awesome. Nice. 
I, I guess it's my turn. Of mm-hmm. course, pleasure to meet you. Happy to have you here, man. You're hilarious. I see uh-huh. a lot of your yeah. videos, and I watch sports a lot, so mm-hmm. I see you into sports as well. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I see Gen Z got new list of sports top greatest and all type of shit, and mm-hmm. we grew up basically in the same era. Yep. So it's just like, the shit that they be seeing now is kind of a little baffling, mm-hmm. it's, even when it comes down to even comedians, you know what I'm saying, of who's the best comedian in the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, who do you think your top 10 NBA players would be, and who would you put... You know, just like, who would you put up there on your list of top 10 NBA players in the oh, sports category? Okay, so top 10 NBA players. One, Mike. It's got Michael Jordan. He's number one. Um, I'd have him number one. Two, I would put LeBron okay. there because I think he's earned the right to be there. And for all intents and purposes, he can still get to that number one. People think he wrote it off. I don't think so. I think he can still, you know, mess around and achieve that. He got probably five more years in him. This guy's built like – He is it, built. It's, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. So he was made in the lab. So yeah. I'd have to say um, Jordan, then I would have Mike. Oh, oh, yeah, I'd have Jordan, then I would have um, LeBron at three – I'd probably put at three. This is a difficult one. At three, let's go. I'll throw Kareem. Because it could be all time. It could, yeah, be, it could be all time. So, so it's a number of different people. So I'd say I'd put Kareem at three, four, four, I would have Kobe, mm-hmm. five, Magic. Okay. Six bird. Shit, you getting Bobby deep now. Seven, um, Bill Russell. All right, now he's talking. Eight. I had Wilt. I believe I said Wilt. Yeah, did, did I say Wilt? Okay, so I have Wilt. Eight, Oscar Robinson. Okay, big old. Nine, Shaq. Okay. And then ten, for the last spot. Who I would put on that? My, I know there's somebody. There's a number of people that I'm probably leaving off here. I'm sure um, there's, there's some a words. number of people that I'm Outside. leaving off here. Golly, I want to say Dr. J. I want to say Dr. J. But I know there's somebody I'm forgetting here on the list. Well, there is Tim Duncan. So I get. Yeah, yeah. I think I could put Tim Duncan. I think I put Tim. I, yeah, I slide Tim Timmy. The in only there. reason I will allow Tim Duncan over. I think Steph. I, I would slide Tim Duncan up in there. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about Steph, too. I was really thinking about Steph. I knew we, we knew but, you were. But, I knew but, you were. I knew you were going to say Steph like number three. It's hard when you think about Mr. Fundamental <laughs> with Tim Duncan. So I understand why. Yeah, so I'm too, like, yeah. not too mad. And the list that you had is not that bad. Nah, so besides, you know, the NBA list, mm-hmm. you know, we got the NFL. Because for anybody who really watches Chisel Adonis, you know what he's really, really known for in his NFL Game dot 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 <laughs> highlight commentary. Uh, it's it's very hilarious. The 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 from the sound effects from his commentary. His commentary yeah, is a one. I don't know why nobody has tried to sign this man yet, but his stuff is like off the wall wonderful. It's very hilarious, and I, and like if you watch him live. While he's watching the games, it's even more funny because it's not like, oh, it's something that he's writing. No, it's something that he's just, it's like happening at the same time. And it's just like, he'll read somebody's comment, they'll say something, and he'll just have a ball with it. It's just (laughs) so hilarious. So I really want to ask you, what made you come up with the commentary idea in general? Oh, I was scrolling on Facebook because I grew up and I didn't have I didn't have cable until I was 14 years old in 2008. And I'll never forget. I was away at football camp. Um, well, I should say Hell Week or whatever the case was. It was my um, freshman year in high school. I was crying inside of the bunk because uh, my brother, I had my mother's cell phone. Uh, my brother called me and said, Yo, they installed the cable. I was crying inside the bathroom. So nobody see me. I'm a thug. So, um, <laughs> But I used to watch um, Chris Berman. And he would show up in the tail end of the uh, – well, he was on ESPN primetime. But they used to show the um, a bit of his three minutes or fastest three minutes. Whatever it was back then, it would show up on um, ESPN – well, um, ABC back when they had Monday Night Football on ABC yeah. and things like that. And I used to see him do funny commentary. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And it was 2017. I was scrolling on Facebook, and I was watching – basketball highlights i was watching i believe it was the um the 2017 nba finals was coming up and i was thinking i'm like man why does nobody do like 
comedic voiceovers in bulk over games rather yeah. than just isolated plays. I think um Filet at the time was oh, doing yeah, he, was. he was doing uh, um voiceovers on like isolated plays, highlights or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, why does nobody do it in bulk? So I said, okay. At 2017 NBA Finals came. I said, why not? Why not be the first? I'm making videos. Let me yeah. figure this out. See how it works out. So, and I thought about Chris Berman. So I said, okay, if I could put a comedic spin on this, this could go somewhere. First time I did it for um game one of the um the NBA Finals in um 2017. That's when um the Cavs were the defending champions. Yes. And the Warriors had just got KD. And uh, that first video, it got uh 32,000 oh, views wow. in I think it was a day. And then when game two came. The second video had got up to 74,000 views. I said, oh, boy, I, I think I got some here. And yeah. then before I can get to game three, I got banned um, for a week because uh, I did commentary <laughs> on a crackhead, uh, on a bunch of crackheads. <laughs> so that was interesting. There was one guy backflipped off of a roof, and he landed on his feet and walked off like it was nothing. I'm like, fam, this is something. That's miracle. Yeah. I, got, I had two million views on that in three days, and then they said, yeah, we got to ban you. You can't talk about crackheads. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you got superpowers. They are definitely superheroes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, don't, I never understood why they just block certain things like that because those things are funny to watch and mm -hmm. it's very interesting because you wouldn't believe the nonsense that you see on in general and you said it earlier like the things that you see walking down the street is mm -hmm. just the most hilarious thing in the world i i i just never understand it so i want to kind of get into the social media thing because mm -hmm. i feel like it's an important <laughs> topic so you are on YouTube. Yep. You are on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You are on Patreon. That's correct. You are on Instagram. Without question. But there is one that you know that most people may not realize, but you've mentioned it multiple times, and it is our uh, our editor Kevin. It's his favorite channel, Pornhub. Oh my! <laughs> mm -mm. So wait. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. Dang. laughs> Really? Okay. Yes, 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 indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay. Praising the Lord. So she wasn't, she was hitting on the head when she said OnlyFans earlier. Oh, well, well, fans. well, not no, necessarily. No, because oh. OnlyFans is OnlyFans. Pornhub is Pornhub. Yeah, that's different, <laughs> bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you doing comedy on Pornhub? How you reached there? Well, I never knew that. How I did I that. get there yeah. is probably what you're going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much how I ended up getting over there, Um, I'll, I'll never forget. It was, um, I had seen Avengers Infinity War. I believe I went to go watch it on, I think it came out on a Friday night. The first one? Or the yeah, the, 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 um, the no, third, because Infinity War is uh, yeah, before like, Endgame. Before Endgame. Okay. So yeah, yeah. When, whenever it had came out, I didn't go to the midnight release, but I saw it the following day. Okay. And I remember I it was the greatest Marvel movie that I had seen. It was. Really enjoyed it. And it was um top three theater experience I ever had. At that time, it was the number one theater experience I ever had because I was big Thanos, you know, the yeah, big Thanos fan. So at yeah, the conclusion, yeah. people were crying. They were screaming, no, I'm like, yeah, woo! They did. Woo! I'm celebrating and everything. I'm having the time of my life. But I wanted to watch the movie again. But I looked in my pockets and said, ooh, yeah, I ain't got it. So let me go online and let me see if somebody, you know, got to go to one, two, three movies, go to all these different sort of places, see if they have it. And um, lo and behold, when I went and I typed in, because um, no, no other place had good quality. So when I typed in watch Avengers Endgame, uh, um, watch Avengers Infinity War mm -hmm. for free, the fourth link was Pornhub. I said, well. Interesting. This is interesting. So I said to myself, I'm probably going to end up seeing something I don't really want to see. Let's click it. What do you it was the movie <laughs> in incredible resolution. Really? It's as if somebody walked in with their DSLR camera. They sat it down with the right camera? there in the middle. That's the porn had camera? everything, you yeah. know, just clear HD. I can hear clearly. It wasn't as if it was, you know, the director's cut. But it was clear enough to where I was able to see everything and really enjoy the movie. Right. I said, huh, you can upload videos that's not pouring on porn up. It's a good idea. Mm. Then I started getting blocked on Facebook. They had taken my original Facebook page that I had uh, uh, got to 122,000 followers on yeah. there. They had taken it away. Um, and then I said, huh, if they're going to ban me on Facebook, they can't ban me on Pornhub. Nope. <laughs> so let me just upload all of my videos on Pornhub. And I was able to grow again. And they, 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 they stated on there, if you get to 50,000 subscribers on Pornhub, they'll give you a custom jacket. So I said, ooh, this is before Roman Reigns even did the whole <laughs> acknowledge me. And in my introductory, my introductory video to Pornhub, I said, well, we're going to get ourselves to you know 50,000 subscribers and then Pornhub is going to have to acknowledge me. 
I ended up getting to, I think it was um, 1,700 on there. Organic 1,700 subscribers on Pornhub not uploading porn. I consider myself a porn star who doesn't do porn. And then they <laughs> banned me. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah, then they banned me on Pornhub. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What? That's mm-hmm. so- <laughs> I would have yeah. never guessed that. I would have never oh, guessed yeah. that. When That's I, creative. When I would do reactions, and what's interesting was there was, um, I, I started doing a couple of skits that was on there because I figured, you know, if I tread the line of innuendo, Mm-hmm. And I just continually, you know, let's say if um, I had one video that I did where I said, all right, it's uh, um, I'm choking my chicken because in innuendo of that as well. Somebody's <laughs> over here and they're beating off. Well, what I was doing was I had a box of Popeyes and I had my brother come over and I had like a voiceover of like moaning or whatever. It's like a dark, it's dark and you can only see the screen glare mm-hmm. of, of my, my mobile phone. And then my brother turned the light on and I'm over here in my underwear and I'm choking the a Popeye's, Popeye's chicken. chicken. I seen the- and I, I thought of it. I'm like, man, you know what? I could go somewhere with this. You know? And then I ended up getting banned. <laughs> so it didn't work Yo. out in my favor. It wasn't that video that got me banned, but it was a number of different videos. They ended up taking me down. But I, uh, I had a number I, of different you, wait, good videos on, on there. Pornhub? Yeah, yeah, I'm banned. Yeah, yeah. They took the whole channel twice. <laughs> Two Damn. different, yeah. I made another one. They took it down as well. Yeah, X videos too. They took me down. How do you get yep, for porn up? Because he wasn't oh, yeah. making porn. If he's making porn, he wasn't yeah. making probably porn. a different story. That's yeah. crazy though. Wow. Yeah, but what's interesting is one of the explanations that they had for why they ended up banned. They, they said non-consensual on one of them. I said, really? That's interesting. interesting. That's interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> oh, the chicken. Non-consent. The chicken was didn't consent. Apparently. Well, apparently, I mean, it was no longer alive. But who knew? Yeah. Right. At that point, I guess Jeffrey Dahmer had a reason. Yeah, they couldn't consent. <laughs> so, um, another video I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the young lady, but you did a reaction to a woman. Mm-hmm. It was a very pretty girl, and she was basically talking about hypergamy. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Ali was, a, that, was Desiree. The, that was one of the first conversations Desiree. we had. <laughs> yes. About how me and him mm-hmm. had a back and forth about okay. it. Okay. So to me, that video definitely got like a lot of traction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So tell me about like how you felt when you started like getting that traction towards that video. Like what were the responses like? Oh, there was a number. I had a lot of men who agreed. They understood where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a number of different women who, uh, of course, you know, you can have a, a bit of problem that exists there. But like I said in the video, as it pertains to hypergamy, I have no issues with hypergamy. In fact, I believe women should naturally be hypergamous. Mm. You should try to go get the best possible mate, you yeah. know, that's out there. However, mm-hmm. You can't now, okay, this is the kind of person that I want to get or whatever. You can't now try to shun everybody else who's out here because that's not who you're necessarily looking for. I find that kind of bizarre. I think you're you're, you're hustling backwards per se because at that point now you have a holier-than-thou kind of complex there and that kind of – that, that threw things off. And moreover, the way she kept trying to qualify things is like when she's talking about looking for a certain kind of man, saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't want to date nobody who's not making six figures or seven figures or I only want to be with a rich man or something like that. And men should pay for all the dates and pay for this and pay mm-hmm. for that or whatever. There's a sense of entitlement that exists there. But that's hypergamy. No, no, no. Co- correct. They, they, to, a, to a degree. The difference is you can seek out that man. They're going to do it yeah. regardless. Yeah. However, yeah. when you feel as if it should you know, be done just because, well, you were born with female genitalia or whatever the case may be, at that point now we, they, they, there's yeah. way too much entitlement that existed because you're leaning with that. Because you're saying, well, you should do this because I have this, I have this and you mm-hmm. want this and I'm a woman. Well, yeah. then at that point... What do that's when the what do you bring to the table conversation begins? Oh Lord, have mercy. Let me give my yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, Adonis. Mm-hmm. I, I just want you to know it's about to be you're about to be a casualty of war. No, I'm just okay. gonna sit. Me, too, just bro. Gonna be, me too, bro. Don't worry, me too. Just, <laughs> we are and, and, and we're just gonna sit back. Because a casualty would signify that I lost. <sighs> Who says that I'll lose? Oh, Oh, all right. Oh, oh Let's what? go to battle. Let's go to war. Uh, uh, okay. We've entered Gettysburg. No, nah, I can't. <laughs> it's against him want to get out of there. We're just going to You see, <laughs> okay, so the last thing you said, mm-hmm. I want you to repeat it. 
regarding which in particular oh regarding the um entitlement mm-hmm. behind um yeah. hypergamy. Yeah, so if, for example, let's say you go out on a date, right? Mm-hmm. You expect the man to go and open the door. Mm-hmm. You expect the man to, you know, pull out your seat. You expect the man to pay for the meal. You expect the man to go and give you the ride to go back to your house, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You may not expect a first kiss because you say, well, I don't have to give you that. You might not expect, you know, to to have coitus on the very first night because right. you look at him like, well, I don't have to do that. Right. So then if you're a man, you're doing all of these different things. You're courting the woman, whatever the case may be. What is it that you're doing for me? Because if you're in a situation, especially a hypergamous situation, mm-hmm. this individual is showing up, checking all of the boxes that you're interested in. What boxes do you check that they're interested in? Okay. So you mentioned, really quick, you Mm -hmm. mentioned pulling out the seat, opening Mm -hmm. the door. So my thing is, are you doing all of these things because your mother raised you right to Mm -hmm. be, to treat women with respect? Or are Mm -hmm. you doing this because at the end of the night you want to engage in sexual activity with, with the young lady that you're taking out? And that's number one. Number two, if you're asking me what I bring to the, to the table in a, like equating to okay, well, I did this for you, mm-hmm. but if I want to kiss, I can't get it from you. Are you equating my worth to what I have physical, my physicality, or are you equating my worth to everything else that made you interested in me? That's the question. Well, it would depend because straight out of the gate, when you first, when it's a man who's approaching a woman, mm-hmm. it's physicality first, unless, mm-hmm. of course, I've been ogling you from a distance or mm-hmm. something like I've been watching you. Oh, wow. I see the way that she's with children. Mm-hmm. I see how nurturing she may be. I right. see how supportive, you know, she is. But straight out of the gate on the very first kind of interaction for a man, it's physicality that that exists there. Of course. So, of course, it's like whenever you see women who be like, man, is it only sex that the man is going after? Well, you have to assume every man wants to sleep with you. Oftentimes women think, well, you know, that maybe if because if they don't make a move, then maybe yeah. they want – straight off the gate, if the guy's going on a date with you, he wants to sleep with No matter what. He may not make that, you know, prevalent on the very first date, right. but he's interested – in sleeping with you. Mm-hmm. Now, to answer your question regarding pulling out the um, showcasing chivalry, mm-hmm. per se, you should, if you're a gentleman, you should be a gentleman to be a gentleman. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be a gentleman with an ulterior motive to try right. to get something out of it. Right. However, the problem is, there's, and this is where the simp territory exists because it's an unequal exchange. You can have a man who's being a gentleman. You're doing all of these different things and you're being taken advantage of at one point. Because initially, the very first date, you'll go and you'll do that, no problem. Right. The second date, you'll feel as if you're making a breakthrough. You'll go and you'll do that, no problem. The third date, you'll do it again. And then it starts to get to a point where you're sitting there like, wait a minute, hold on. We've gone out on X amount of dates. Mm-hmm. We've gone out to eat. We've done different sort of activities, whatever the case may be. My wallet's getting thinner. And it doesn't seem as if there's anything that you're doing. The reciprocity doesn't exist because it seems as if, for me, I'm bringing all of these different things to the yeah. date. And then for you, you're simply just bringing yourself and saying, well, here table. I am. Yeah, I'm at the table. And then at that point, you're sitting there as a man saying, wait a minute. What, what's going on? Where's the reciprocity? This doesn't exist here. So money equates to sex. No, it's it's not necessarily sex. It's mm-hmm. not sex. It's not to say, well, you have to bed, you know, get in bed with the man in order to showcase your appreciation. Right. But there's a bit of initiative that would have to happen. Which would include what? Whether it's you now saying, oh, well, I'll do something for, for you. you. Whether it's, yeah. hey, I'll make a meal, yeah. per se. Because they say a way to a man's heart is through, you know, his stomach. It could be, I'll make a meal. I'll find interest in what it is that you do. Like, for example, if I am a electrician mm-hmm. or something of that nature, and I have a arduous, you know, it's, it's an arduous task to go and get my, my day done at work. Mm-hmm. I come home from work, I'm incredibly fatigued. We had a conversation on the first date about how my back, you know, have issues with my back. If you show up on the second date and you had purchased a heat compress, Something of that nature that can aid me in sleeping. It showcases, you know, your interest also in me. Because you find a place in my existence that I have that there's a lack and you add to. Because ultimately as men and women, we complement each other. Okay. So where I lack, you can find a way to fill that. Where you lack, 
I can find a way to fill that. So then where the unequal exchange happens is, especially when you're dealing with a, what they would call now a high value man, you'll have a situation where this is a guy who shows up and he's got, he's checking all of the different boxes that you're interested in. But then the woman will sit there and say, well, he's still got to go and pursue and chase me and do all this. But they offer nothing of value to him. So then okay. it becomes an unequal exchange that existed. Well, you see, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you elaborated mm-hmm. because I did not. Now I can I can agree with you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're here now. Yeah. Because I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. I thought at first you were equating like because you mentioned a kiss on the cheek. You mm-hmm. mentioned you mentioned things that could lead to to sex. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you were able to elaborate on that because I'm I'm all for that. Like when it comes to if you're going on a date with somebody, whether, you know, high value, they six figures or whatever, mm-hmm. you still want as a woman to show that you're interested as well and that you're a good listener. Mm-hmm. When you're taking me on on this date, yeah, you're pulling out the chair, you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're paying for the meal, right? But I'm listening to the conversation. Not only am I listening, but I'm enjoying what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Let me show you that I enjoy spending time with you. I, I can get down with that. So I'm glad you elaborated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yes. the, the one thing, there's a lot of people who are shock jocks, per se. They'll get yes. online, they'll just say different other things, and then when they get questioned about it, all of a sudden now they have no philosophy behind yeah. what it is that they say. Right. I'm very intentional yeah. in what it is that I okay. say. Because I believe in what it is that I say. Right. So I believe in you know men being gentlemen. You should mm-hmm. take care of your woman. However, mm-hmm. you shouldn't allow your woman to take advantage of you. You shouldn't do anything to try to, I believe the, uh, the terminology is an Indian giver, in which you only do things mm-hmm. in an effort to get something. Something Something back. back. However, there's a point in which you can recognize, hey, I'm being taken advantage of. If now all of a sudden every time my phone rings and it's you who's calling me, you simply need something from me. But when I call you, you're unavailable. Or when I ask you if you can do me a favor, no matter how often, or or I shouldn't say often, but if it's rare and far and in between that I ever reach out and say, hey, can you help me out or whatever, and now all of a sudden you're nowhere to be found. At that point, you start to look at it and say, wait a minute, something's not right here. Right. No, I understand. That I, definitely. I want to ask you a question because you mentioned shock jocks, right? Yes. Which, you know, for some people, they might not know what a shock jock is. It's pretty much those guys, all those people who do things for shock value. Mm-hmm. You're Kevin Samuels, you're, you're Derek Jacksons of the world. So when you see those guys and you see those guys having those kind of conversations and the things that they do where it may be like uplifting a woman, but to the point where it's kind of like, not really to the point you're just pandering or you're kind of you're trying to be honest but you're kind of you know bringing down your people how do you feel like when you watch those kind of videos it depends on the context of what the conversation is and moreover what the ultimate goal is like for example with uh team jackson what's happening when you have <laughs> Derek jackson the problem that i had with Derek jackson was I completely understood mm-hmm. what it was that he was speaking about, how women, you shouldn't allow yourself to, you know, be devalued. You shouldn't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. You shouldn't put yourself in a situation when you're dealing with a man who's clearly manipulating you. You should mm-hmm. cut it off immediately. I completely understand and subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Problem that I had with it was, I believe it was probably between 2018 and then leading up until the first cheating scandal in 2020, mm-hmm. where it didn't seem as if there was any accountability that he would put towards women in any situation. It didn't matter what the case was. He'd find a way to spin it and say, hey, it's the man's fault, right? There are moments in which you can say, I get it, but there comes a point in which you could say, all right, I understand your subscriber base is women. You want to push towards, you know, push things towards women, but you can't have it in a situation in which you never take the mirror and say, hey, you too play a role yes. in the downfall that you're falling into here. He had a video like that. No, they, they, but, but if you consider where the, the you, ratio, you look at the it ratio, was more, it was ridiculous. No, it was, and yeah. one of the things with Kevin Samuels that I actually appreciated about it, because I've seen much more in him, uh, of, of his videos now that he's passed versus when he was you know, still um, alive, because I think they've, they, more have gone viral now yeah. that he's since passed really? or whatever. Yeah, 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 so whatever the case oh, was, like God. during the pandemic, I would see some here and there, and then obviously the clips. I like to watch the long-form content so right. you can get the full context. But with him, he held both women and men to the fire. To where with women, he would say, all right, you want this kind of man regarding like hypergamy. You want mm-hmm. this kind of man. But you're showing up, whether it's you have other people's children, 
whether it's, you know, you're morbidly obese, whether it's a situation in which you're incredibly, you know, uh, um, aggressive, things of that nature, and you want this guy who's old, who, your dream of a man mm. to now conform to what it is that you got going on when you're an agent of chaos. Doesn't make sense. And then for the fellas, he would say to the men, how can you sit here and say you want this supermodel of a woman? You're, you're morbidly obese. Yeah. You're working less than a minimum wage job. You've never left your parents' crib. You have no sort of passport nor any sign of finances. Your, your contact list is filled with individuals who never respond. But you have no network, no, yeah. no money, nothing. But you think that you've earned, or I should say as uh, – I take this word out of my vocabulary, but you think you deserve – this kind of person. So with Kevin, I'll give him kudos to where he held both, you know, to feet fire. to the fire. Now, granted, there's a bit of, you know, you're going to say something that's going to raise eyebrows and get people to want to go and tune in. But it all comes down to what is your ultimate goal? With Kevin, he pushed towards marriage. And he said, I would like to see more black families, you know, happen, get formed, and people stay together. That's why you always tell, you know, whether it's a a single mother, he would always try to see if he could push her back in the direction of the child's father, unless, of course, there were situations of abuse, things of that nature. But he would say, why not try to go and mend, you know, that that was there? If somebody was good enough to become a parent of your child, mm. surely they can still be good enough to become your spouse or whatever the case may be, because of the logic behind it, you have a baby with somebody, but you wouldn't marry them. That kind of doesn't make any sense. So... With those kind of individuals, it all depends on what it is that you're searching for. If you just want to go viral, that's one thing. But if you actually want to make a difference, that's another. All right. All right. I feel you. I that's nice. That. I definitely can respect that. Uh, oh, here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know you mm -hmm. want to say something. Um, you know, um, my parents always said, don't speak on the dead. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be disrespectful, although I felt... Kevin Samuels was very disrespectful, especially to black women. Um, you had mentioned something earlier when we mm -hmm. were talking about hypergamy, and you had mm -hmm. said to me, well, to everyone here, that, you know, people do things for shock value. Yes. And you always have to have a philosophy behind what you say. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's what Kevin Samuels did. I don't. I do not. And... Um, I do believe, I agree, he held men accountable, mm -hmm. but the same way you feel about Derek Jackson, how the ratio was different, is I feel it was the same way for Kevin Samuels, the ratio. I've seen the videos where he's came mm -hmm. at men, and he's like, oh, you, you, your penis is small, and you're this, and you're that, and mm -hmm. da, da. I feel like even on both parties, your delivery, and granted, like, if you want to talk plain, talk plain. It goes mm -hmm. back to what your professor said. Yes. You know? You don't have to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he was very disrespectful. And I do feel another thing contributing to the shock value is the way in which he passed. You're mm -hmm. pushing for black love, but you weren't with a black woman when you passed. Mm -hmm. You're pushing for men to do all this and get all this money, but you wasn't living that lifestyle. You yourself couldn't even keep your own marriage. I think he was married more than once. Twice. Right. So... I, I think it's a crock of bullshit. Um, that's just my opinion. You know, opinions mm -hmm. are like assholes, right? Um, and I, I do feel like he did more harm than... I know there are some people... I've actually um, saw an interview with a woman who blatantly was like... And beautiful woman. She was like, you know, I listen to Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels is the reason why I was able to, you know, take his advice and get married. Mm -hmm. But... I feel like he did more harm than good. I'm so sorry. The, the delivery was wrong. You know, you talking about people being morbidly obese. Yes, there are health factors that play into that for sure. But, you know, I feel like there are ways in which that could have been delivered. And I felt like his delivery was very off-putting. I, for one, made it my duty to not listen to him. I, of course blogs are mm -hmm. going to have the clips. I didn't even want to hear the clips. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one where he, I will never forget, and that's when I really turned me off, where he was just telling this woman, and I never understood why a woman would call into his show. <laughs> it's like, how low of a self-esteem do you have to have another person who has no value to your life tell mm -hmm. you that you ain't shit? 
oh, you're a four or a seven at app, whatever the hell he used to say. But the video that really turned me off was when this woman was like, I have a daughter. He gave her a hypothetical situation, right? Mm -hmm. And he was just basically like, well, if you mean, if you have a, you come into a relationship with me, I have a child, you have a child, you have a daughter, and the daughter comes to you and says, hey, this guy, meaning himself, mm -hmm. you know, he's making me uncomfortable, he's giving me looks, or he's trying to touch me or whatever. He's like, what would you do in that situation? And because the woman said, like, listen, you know, if my daughter is coming to me and telling me that you are making her uncomfortable, I have to take that into, I have to take that, I have to listen to what she's saying. And he's like, well, you know what? We can't be together. And I'm like, wow, that's disgusting. That's gross. You, you preach about being healthy, but... My guy, you were drinking, you had a diet of Red Bull. Mm. Like, you did not practice what you preached. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on a... I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, but you yeah, that's for? how I feel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. What are you sorry for? No, because yeah. I felt like I was going off on yeah. a tangent, yeah. and I didn't yeah. mean to. That's, that's so fair. Didn't that's mean fair. To. I, that was the end of the year. Get your yeah, chest. Get your um, chest. I'll, I'll say, at least with um, um, as it pertains to whether he was as harsh on the men as it was on the women. Um, I, I've actually gone back, and because I, I, I didn't like I didn't subscribe to the channel until June. Oh, so you're a subscriber. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had subscribed to the channel in June. He's since passed. So at yeah, that point, there's no new uploads that's coming. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I had since <laughs> I subscribed to his uh, um, channel, and I just just so that it could pop up in the recommended so I could go in and watch the long-form content. And um, I actually went and opened the videos tab. I went to, like, oldest. So mm -hmm. he had been talking to men for about three and a half years. And then I think it was... At the pandemic mm -hmm. or slightly before is when he shifted towards women. Okay. And then that's when it had started going popular because whenever you talk to men and you tell a man, hey, you're not good enough, you ain't shit. Really men listen. say, you right, I ain't shit. You know, they, at that and point, they some, some mess around and, you know, change. Others don't. Right. You tell a woman, you ain't shit. Let yeah, me tell man. you why. You're... Yeah, so yeah, since yeah. that's the case, and some is warranted, some me? aren't. But mm. when that started happening and the conversation started, and the one thing that I'll give him is he'll sit there and he'll let a woman talk. He'll let them say, all right, well, I want this kind of person. I got this going. I got this going. I got this going. I got this going. And then you would start to listen. And soon enough, you would start hearing the exact same thing mm -hmm. from, a, from a lot of these different women. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there and you're like, wait a minute. No Hold on. So you want you want this, you want that. Okay, your past relationships, there's this, this, that. Have you healed from there? No. But then you want somebody else to now have to deal with the trauma that you're bringing forward. So you've done nothing to heal from where you were at, and you expect somebody to have to deal with that. Like, if you really think about the idea of, like, being a stepfather, that's a hell of a sacrifice right. in yeah. what you're doing. Moreover... Yeah. A number of these women, I'm not going to give a percentage because I, I, I haven't seen all of the shows, so right. I can't give a percentage. But I would say about 50-50, I've heard ladies that had went on to his show say, well, you know, I wouldn't want to have any other children. So you now want a man to come into, you know, your life and you come into his life. You won't bear him the greatest, you know, the greatest gift of having a child, but you would want him to take on this human form of another man's semen. And then not only deal with that, but all of the trauma in which you have that you haven't healed nor worked through. You say, take me as I am, but you're already a destructive individual. So there's a number of things that need to be worked on. So for him, though I'll give him credit, was he put a mirror up to everybody and said, hey, this is you know, what you got going on. Now, granted, I'll agree with this. With him drinking all of the Red Bulls, whether it was hiring of the escorts, Things of that nature in which ultimately yeah. led to his ultimate demise. The escorts, maybe not so much. The Red Bulls, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're dealing with you're, you're a cancer survivor, you yeah. get hypertension. Like, you're yeah, wild. You're, you're wild. wild. You know, you know better. Wild. You know better. He's if there's wild. anything that would have taken you out, this is the worst thing that could have yeah. possibly right. messed around and happened to you. Is everybody a person who practices what they preach? Not no. necessarily. But I look at the message more than the messenger. Now, granted, the messenger matters. Because you can't just, look, if Jeffrey Dahmer was still alive and he's out here talking about, you should love your children, sir. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. No, What's going no, on over no, here? No, no. Like, you, should, you should have a balanced diet. What are you talking about? What, <laughs> what were you eating? So you don't have a situation yeah. like that. But in his case, especially watching the full live shows, because there's times in which I'll go for a drive, you know, somewhere, and I'll just, 
all right, well, here's this long form content. I'll listen to his monologue and I'll say, all right, there's some things in here that I can agree with. There's other things that I could probably mm-hmm. disagree with, but ultimately you're not going to agree with somebody hundred percent regardless. Mm-hmm. But then when you listen to the conversations and there's people who's calling in and they're saying, all right, this is my opinion on this. I have an opinion on this. I would like to get this from my next partner. I had to deal with this from my ex-partner. The first thing that he would always say is, all right, what role did you play in your breakup? What could, have you, what could you have done differently? Because ultimately, if you truly want to heal, you have to identify where your faults are, yes. take responsibility for that, and then ultimately make a change to move forward. What, often, what oftentimes happens is somebody will go through a terrible breakup with somebody. Mm-hmm. Or they'll be, you know, whether it's cheated on, mm-hmm. abused, whatever the case may be. Now, your next partner has to pay for the sins yeah. of your previous partner. That's unfair That's to the new you're person. Right. No, absolutely. And if you truly want to heal, you would jump 100% into the abyss and whatever happens, happens. Because yeah. you have to open yourself up. Mm-hmm. So since that's the case, a lot of people, they want to stay you know, reserved or whatever. Now of all of a sudden you put on a facade, you get with somebody, they happen to go and say, all right, well, let's get married. You guys get together and now and your true, true self comes yeah. out. Yeah. And this problem. person's like, wait a minute, okay. who, the, who, the who is this? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you have to face yourself first. So then the one thing that I'll give, and Derek Jackson to a degree mm-hmm. with men, he would hold you know men accountable. The only right. problem that I had with him was it came to a point where I started saying, all right, come all right, on bro, now. Because right. at least with Kevin Samuels, <laughs> yeah. when it came to like men who who, who ain't shit? He said, "Oh, fam, come, there's no way I'm gonna defend you." Like there was a guy who had called in who was like 27, <laughs> single father of three, I talking about I want to be I want to be like with not. a high value woman, but he ain't he ain't even got a steady job. How how you expect a woman to come into your a bit to raise your children? You talking about you don't want to have no more? You sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so in his case, when the men would show up and they were raggedy, he ain't make no excuse yeah. for. It. He said, "Fam, you." You garbage. You figure out a way to get that stank off of you. You get away. You figure out a way to take yourself out the dumpster. And then at that point, you could get out there and you could start talking to people. If there's one thing that I, I, I've taken away from anything, at least with all these different people on social media, because I already believed in it myself. Unless, of course, you, you know, there's um, certain things in which you can tweak it. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're a dude, you ain't got no steady job, you ain't got no vision for the future, anything of that, you shouldn't be dating. If you just want to sleep with women, you protect yourself, but you be open and honest about what it is that you're looking but for. Don't lead nobody intentions. on. Don't lead nobody on. Don't yeah. sit over here talking about, oh, man, I don't really want a relationship. Then you bed the woman. Yeah, I'm on my way out. Doesn't make don't, don't lie your way. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's better to be honest. That's true. But you got to be, you know, true to yourself. Don't lie to try to get something out of it. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. That always bothered me. All right. Honesty is key. Yep, absolutely. All right, All right cool. So, um... We gotta start wrapping it up, but mm-hmm. I want to do something real quick. Yep. Really, really quick. I'm gonna give you five topics. Five mm-hmm. topics. You know, you're you're you. I've realized is such a great. You're you know you're analytical. That is one mm-hmm. of your things. So you know, I want to see if I give you these 15 topics, these five topics in 15 seconds, what you can come up with. You down for it? Okay. All right. Just only one minute, so 15 seconds. First topic is. The Steelers. Pain. Absolute pain. Um, um, I, I would say I have high hopes, and I'm optimistic. However, they uh, they go out there and they let me down. They let me down. <laughs> Pineapple on pizza. Absolutely not. Thank you. Violation. Thank you. Thank you. Pineapples don't belong on pizza. No. Delicious. Continue. No. <laughs> Cancel culture. Ridiculous. Don't make sense. Absolutely ridiculous. Nobody should be sitting over here canceled for opinions of life. Of course, it depends on how extreme you get. But yeah. for the most part, I don't. I don't believe in cancel culture. Pro wrestling. Absolutely love it. Beautiful art form. There should be more of it. Bring back kayfabe. And of course, the last one: Chisel Adonis. Diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical individual. That is what I think about the Chisel Adonis. All right, you got that actually mm-hmm. under. Under you did that in fifty seconds. Oh, magnificent! Damn. I have a quick question, right. real quick question. So, a lot of your videos, mm-hmm. when you're doing your voiceovers, I have to ask Rasan really quick. I'm like, what the fuck is a shin? What's the word? Shinjutsu? Oh, oh, <laughs> genjutsu. A genjutsu. So, hey. on a scale of one to ten, how much do you love anime? I'd, I'd have to say a, a 15, no, a, a, a 10. A 10. I, don't want, I don't want to be one of those people, well, you know, in scale, I want to let me go above to where there's an error. No, 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 it's a, I'd have to say a 10. I should have asked you double sub, actually. Oh, double sub. Um, to be honest, 
Either one works for me. I prefer a you know, it, like it depends sub. on the situation. I love subs. I yeah, do. I like subs. But if I'm eating and I don't feel like having yeah, to yeah. do the I'll whole fake yeah. I'll, I'll take the dub. I have no issue. I can listen to that shit. Yeah, because I could the voices of everything. I'm more concerned on what's happening on the screen. Granted, there's some emotional scenes in which you need, you know, a very strong voice to bring out the personality of the character. But for the most part, I'm here for the animation. That's it. Okay. That's the fight. Gotcha. Come on, now, I don't need to know. I don't need to hear you say fine in different languages. <laughs> show me what I need to see. Oh, yeah, right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on. So just show me Vegeta's glory and we'll be all right. All right. So uh, my last question, and just to wrap it up, uh, what are your goals for 2023? Oh, a million subscribers. Million subscribers. I got a million subscribers. That's one. Um, I got to take a family vacation. My father is retiring in two weeks. Congrats. So with that being yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And um, I, what I, I did them a gift, right? So essentially, these past couple of years, I have, as I've always said, I'm broke, broke than a joke. But essentially, I've been working for free. Why? Because I've been paying my parents' mortgage. So they don't know. But I will present them with the check because um, I have one more payment remaining, and then and essentially everything oh, will wow, be finished. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah. So so essentially, I'll be done. So I want them to have a. Uh, I look at it from. Um, I want their latter days to be their better days. So with Amen. that being the case, that you know, I pay it forward. So um, with that being the case, I want to um, have a family vacation. We haven't gone anywhere together as a family core unit um, since 2003. So essentially, it'll be 20 years wow. since. So whether it's next summer, um, whether it's next spring, whatever the case may be, I want to go somewhere. You know, with my uh, my my core my core three. Oh, okay. and go somewhere with them. So goals is um YouTube, million subscribers, and then also family vacation somewhere. That is that is wonderful. Um, I definitely like to thank you for coming. This has been probably one of the funniest episodes. This has yes. actually mm. been the funniest episodes, and I think it's been the more, as you could say, analytical episodes that we've had. Um, the way you've broken down everything was so beautiful, and yeah. we really, really were so glad to have you have you on our second to last episode of the year so we're really happy to have you we hope that we can have you again next year um and you know blessings to you because you know you've done so much and you've made a lot of people happy you've made a lot of people smile i know me i've gone through some times where i'm really sad and i'm down and out so i watch your videos and it'll make me feel so much greater because you just the energy that you give is just it's so vibrant and i love it and and, you know, I was so glad that I got the opportunity to meet you. So um, thank you again for being here. We thank really you. appreciate well, you. Pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is your camera right there. Mm -hmm. Just tell them where to follow you and everything. Well, for one, um, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all places on social media at Chiseled Adonis. That is C-H-I-S-E-L-E-D. A-D-O-N-I-S that is at Chiseled Adonis and if you did not know get familiar I am the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, sagacious, conscientious, analytical, methodical, individual the Chiseled Adonis and we are here at the We Ain't Them yeah yes, man we, we ain't them yes teach me yes that. yes teach yes, me yes. Shit, so. we ain't them we, 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 we're, we're us but we ain't them we ain't them <laughs> we ain't never them that's never them never them never them with that being said, happy holidays to everybody. I hope you guys have a great time. Whatever you're doing, whether you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or if you're not selling anything anything at all, you know, respect to you. And Boxing Day, shout out to my Caribbean people. Yeah. And Boxing Day. How yeah, of course. Happy uh, holidays. Don't forget bro. to shout out, like, check us out on Instagram at We Ain't Them, on TikTok, We Ain't Them, and of course on YouTube at We Ain't Them. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. We are updating it. I know I've been getting complaints about it, but we are updating the podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This has been We Ain't Them, and we'll see you on the next one. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. Holiday. Cheers, guys. Take care.